Hello, hello, friends. My name is Melody, and welcome back to Soul Food, a podcast of conversations that are good for the soul. You are in for a treat, my friend, because today I'm joined by Erin, one of my dear friends from back home. We grew up going to the same church together. We worked together at the coolest ice cream shop around, um, and she's just a dear friend with a lot of wisdom. So I'm really excited for you all to hear from her today. And we jump into all things about thought life and what does it mean to have an abundant thought life, Um, especially when you feel like you're kind of in a rut with your thoughts. How do we get out of that? And is there more that the Lord has for us with that? It was such a great conversation. So I know this one is a bit longer, but you are definitely going to want to give it a full listen. So maybe, you know, pull up a chair pull out your oatmeal or whatever, (laughs) or a snack, or, you know, I'm not a coffee drinker, but maybe you do you, okay? Go on a walk, enjoy the beautiful day, and just give it a listen, and enjoy some leisure today. This conversation is sure to give you some word of encouragement or some piece of wisdom that you probably hadn't thought about before. So, yeah, thanks for listening, friend. You're the best. I hope you're having a bomb day, and yeah, enjoy! Today we decided that we wanted to talk about um, thought life and this was Aaron's idea and something that I'm really excited to talk about um, just because Aaron has so much wisdom um, I think just as a human um, and also just related to I know you're really interested in like psychology and the mind and how how people relate and work and how we're all so different. And so I'd love to hear from you. Um, why are you passionate about thought life and the importance of developing that for people? Um, yeah, I think thought life is important because honestly, most of the things that you experience in your life is your thoughts, like the stories mm-hmm. that you're telling yourself about your experiences. So you can kind of shape your whole world based on the story that you're telling yourself because you react mm-hmm. to your own story. So it's very important. Mm, yeah, that's so good. I, that's definitely one thing. Would you consider yourself more of a like positive or negative person naturally? I guess in your thoughts. Um, I would say the person that I used to be was very negative, and then I became more intentional, and I'm kind of more in the middle. Mm. Rather, just acceptance is easier than forcing to be positive or reverting back to being negative. Mm, no that's good because I think one thing that I think a lot of people struggle with is if they feel like they're more of a naturally negative thinker then it can kind of feel like out of their control so how do you think we go about changing that I guess if we feel like our natural disposition is just more being negative um do you think that is something that's kind of like you said, within our control and by being intentional and, like, how do we do that? Um, what are your thoughts on that? Um, it was really helpful for me to, like, choose my thoughts, like, to decide, like, well, first become aware of what you are thinking and where you are spiraling and then find, like, the opposite of that and to just, like, whenever you catch yourself going back to the old thoughts, just remember the thoughts that you're trying to achieve and focus on those and eventually you kind of change your mind and build neural pathways but it takes time Mm, yeah for sure 
How did you get so interested in this, I guess? Like, how did, what caused you to kind of desire to make that switch, um, like you talked about? And, like, when did that happen for you, I guess? Was this journey looked like for you with thoughts? Um, actually, it kind of started on TikTok on my <laughs> <laughs> We're all deep journeys. <laughs> yeah, I mean, being a psychology major, probably, like, was influential but like on tiktok it's like i on my for you page is always about like watch your mind take Mm. your thoughts captive your thoughts create your reality and like things like that so yeah okay cool so just kind of within the past like couple years i guess okay and you are a christian also (laughs) so that's obviously a big part of who you are and i guess this journey for you how do you think that has connected and influenced the journey and like should for all of us as Christians um what should that what part should that play in the journey of developing our thought lives to be something better I guess yeah well it's really helpful for like a kind of like hiding place because Mm -hmm. in God's presence it's like you're not really thinking you're kind of just feeling his presence and sometimes in that space he gives you new thoughts you know Mm. so it can kind of like be very healing Mm. yeah that's really cool I know for me I think that's something I really struggle with in God's presence is just being because I feel like my mind is just always going and so it's really hard for me I think to just sit without thinking about things if that makes sense um and to kind of control and redirect my thoughts even this morning I was praying and it's like I'm praying I'm there and then before I know it it's kind of like coming up from like for air or something just kind of realizing like oh my gosh wait I'm thinking about something totally different than prayer like when did that happen <laughs> when did that switch even happen how do, is that something you struggle with I know that like meditation is something that you regularly practice in your life has that helped with that um or like what do you recommend for people who struggle to kind of control their thoughts or just feel like their thoughts are always going um yeah yeah that was definitely a place that like I've been at and meditation really helped because it it actually is a practice like it's something that I had to practice because I'm like a chronic overthinker I've had anxiety my entire life and so it's like I have to Mm -hmm. like really stick with it and like catch my thoughts over and over eventually it all stills but it like takes time and practice and just little by little every day a little bit of progress yeah for sure how do you practice meditation because I think for a lot of people meditation seems very like mystical or for (laughs) some people who are Christians it seems almost like anti-Christian I think for some people like they're afraid of it um so what would you say to those people who kind of have grown up thinking that way I would say meditation is any time where you're taking your attention off of your surroundings like off of your outside and just like closing your eyes and being still and just feeling and listening focusing on your breath just a kind of like everything else is gone I'm just here like anchoring Mm. in the present Mm. yeah do you think that has have you seen growth in your connection with God through that 
for sure. Mm. <laughs> I feel like I feel him more in the stillness than I feel him in like the structure of like how churches are like how oh we have to do this, we have to do that, we have to be this. But mm. like I feel closer to him when I just feel him and that's all I'm feeling. Mm, that's beautiful. I, I love that. <laughs> oh my god. See, this is why everyone is like, Erin needs to come join us because she just has so many. I think you think so deeply about things and <laughs> critically about things that not everyone thinks through, um, which is just really cool to hear, I guess, you processing and your own journey. Um, so, I guess, would you mind sharing a little bit more? You said you struggled with anxiety for yeah. your whole life. What has that journey, I guess some of your story with that, and how that's related to thought life? Oh yeah, so I actually, so I grew up um, homeschooled and very isolated. I had like intense paralyzing social anxiety. Like my mother, Mm. at first, she tried to get me to venture out and like make friends but like when she would take me on like the drive up like the build up of anxiety I started to like weep like mm. crying inconsolably and so finally she just stopped and so I didn't really have like friends until I was like older and when you don't have community you just have yourself and you're just overthinking and replaying the same moment over and over mm. again with no release and so it was a very like kind of trapping childhood and then I came to Cornerstone and I found community and that's where I kind of like learned like what it really looks like to be a Christian with other people Mm. and it really changed my life in a lot of ways. (laughs) Oh that's really cool. Yeah I love how you said to being a Christian with other people yeah and how that really is so important. I think in the midst of COVID I'm sure more than ever before people are kind of feeling that like you talked about when you're in isolation it's so easy for your thought life to just be your world and for it to be very like you said just kind of like I don't know kind of like a closure enclosing you (laughs) you know like within yourself (laughs) yeah it is a prison and like you said it's so easy to spiral um And I know that was something I really struggled with in the past year, like with COVID and just feeling more isolated from people. Um, And it was hard because as I got trapped in that spiral, I desired to be with people even less. And so the thing you need is the thing you're not even like having a desire for in that moment. And so it just gets like deeper and deeper in your own mind. How did you overcome that social anxiety because I'm sure it didn't just like oh I got older and just like went away um and I'm sure that's part of it with time maybe got better but I guess for you how did you kind of overcome that and how did you take that step into community yeah um I well I do still struggle with it time to time but I actually um (laughs) I so one of the well for my youth pastors really like pushed me to become a youth leader and I was like I have social anxiety why are you making Mm. me a youth leader um but she was like just focus on making them feel loved and so when I took the focus off of my social anxiety and was Mm. like not looking to to other people to validate me and make me feel loved but I put the shifted the focus to making them feel loved Mm. that's when I started to feel my anxiety less because I wasn't 
focusing on it, I wasn't telling myself that I'm socially anxious. I was telling myself that I'm a vessel of love for other people, that I'm Mm. here for, you know, not just myself. That's so good. I think, oh, I love that. I've, one quote, I honestly don't know who said it, so sorry, like, plagiarism copy or whatever (laughs) it is, but, um, the idea of it's more important to love people than to get them to like you. Yeah. Because, like, that is so true because when we become so focused on just getting people to like us, that's all in our, we're so in our heads when we're interacting with people that we're not even, like, with them or focusing on who they are and, like, you know what I mean? And so it's so interesting how, like, yeah I guess how community and our thought lives are connected because I think when our thought life and just how yeah because when we become so like self-focused our thought life becomes so like just wrapped around us and is spiraling so then when we're with people we're feeling insecure and just thinking about like ourselves in the moment even though we want to be like we want to love people it's not that we don't um but it just becomes kind of selfish I guess and yeah that's yeah that's so interesting Hmm. (laughs) how do you think living an abundant life in Christ relates to our thought life uh yes um well as you know we are called to be um new in Christ and a lot of things like something that they don't really tell you when they talk about that, they don't tell us that we also have to think new. Mm-hmm. Like, we can't just be thinking like the old person and we can't just be being like the new person or acting like the new person. We have to embody the new person in Christ, and that starts in the mind. And so, thought life is so critical to that path. Yeah, for sure. People right now who feel like maybe their thought life is in just a bad place yeah. right now. Um, I think, like, like I said, with the past year with COVID, that's left a lot of people with probably not the best thought life in the past year, you know? How do you think, I guess for one, how do you think we can all grow our thought lives to reflect more like the mind and heart of Christ on our own? Yeah. And how do you think, um even when we aren't able to be with people as much. Because I think it's one of those things, like we said, we have to work on it on our own. So then when we are with community, we have a mole, a fuller experience with that. Um, so what, when you talked about like it takes intentional choices, what do you mean by that? And what are practical steps people can take towards a better thought life? Ooh, okay. So one good idea that I think is helpful is like kind of almost building a bridge to a new mindset. So like Mm. you get a piece of paper and you kind of like, I guess if you're aware of like a spiraling thought, you write it down and you look at it and you kind of like bridge from that to a positive mindset, like us, because it's a positivity and negativity in a spectrum like you don't Mm. just jump from one to the other so you start like oh like something like oh I like no one likes me and you kind of like ask yourself well is this really true and just be like well that's not really true some people like me you know and just kind of like Mm. go from there and just like build it from like the false narrative up to truth and just really Mm. analyze it 
Oh, that's so cool. I love that. And it is, it is interesting how really our thought life is a kind of, I guess when we talk about what does it mean like when your thoughts are spiraling and everything, it's really just spiraling further and further from what's true, yeah. right? And so that is so interesting how it's kind of, in one sense, this battle between like negativity and positivity, but really, like you said, it's not even about just trying to be positive all the time, but to go from lying, like lies to truth. Yeah. And so I guess that's really the gap we're trying to cross, I guess, with our thinking. Yeah. And so obviously, like as Christians, we believe like the word of God is the source of truth, right? And so how do you think scripture relates to all of this? Oh, yeah. Scripture is really powerful. I think for every negative thought, you could probably find a scripture that combats it and you could like kind of put sticky notes in your room or like in your car like on your mm. mirror of like that truth and then eventually your subconscious mind just kind of accepts it more and more because repetition our subconscious mind responds to repetition so just like put truth everywhere you're looking mm. is really important yeah for sure how do you when you spend time with the lord I guess. <laughs> well, I'm sure you do. <laughs> you're too. You're too great of a person. Not you. Too, not like too great of a person. There are great people who don't, but like you radiate Christ too much to not spend time with Him. So it's obvious you do. But um, what does that look like for you? I guess like an inside look of like Aaron's time with God, because mm-hmm. I think one thing I've seen, I guess just in talking to you, you seem to approach life and obviously that influences how you approach God in a very thoughtful way, but in a way also that may be different than a lot of people, I guess, in the way you approach it because you do it so intentionally. So how does that look for you, like time with the Lord? Yeah, actually a lot of my time with God is dancing. (laughs) I like put on... (laughs) I put on like worship music and I just kind of like dance and throughout the day I'm Mm -hmm. just kind of like even when I'm breathing it's like a kind of like thank you father for like Mm -hmm. even the breath in my lungs I actually I had a friend whose mother passed away from like lung cancer and like Mm -hmm. the husband like went up at the front of the room and he was like he just took a deep breath and he was like she struggled with breath for years and we have breath every day and that really put it into perspective like even when I'm breathing I'm thanking God for it just thanking God for everything and dancing my gratitude out (laughs) (laughs) oh my gosh that's incredible and I can't attest Aaron will dance even while at work (laughs) love it that's awesome Um, and that is so good. So obviously you possess a lot of joy about you and gratitude. (laughs) How does gratitude, I guess, play into thought life? Because I think those things are very connected and obviously contribute a lot to having joy. So what are your thoughts on that? Ooh, yeah. Gratitude helps with thought life a lot too. Like even just like sometimes if I've had like a bad thought day then I just like take a pause 
and I just list things, write down things that I'm grateful for, and it kind of shifts me out of that kind of like icky mindset mm. to like one of gratitude because there's always something to be grateful for. Like even some of our like kind of like complaints are rooted in a position of like, well, we have abundance, so we're complaining about things that other people wish they could complain about, you know? Like, I'll be like, mm. oh, my car is so hot, but like, I have a car, and that's something to be grateful for, you know? Mm, that is so good. Yeah, that's cool how you said, like, sometimes our complaints are rooted out of, like, abundance. That's yeah. so interesting. <laughs> yeah, I never thought of that. That's awesome. And so with meditation, do you practice meditation specifically with God, I guess like in prayer or on scripture, or do you solely practice meditation that's more just being present in a moment, um, but not directed towards any particular thought or truth or God, I guess if that makes sense. Yeah, um, actually my most powerful like moments of meditation have been like in worship like when Mm -hmm. there's like a moment where like everyone kind of stops singing and like the organ player or something's just like playing like a steady tune and we're all just in that big room together just feeling God's presence that's kind of like a form of meditation and that's been one of the most Mm -hmm. powerful things is meditation and worship yeah that's really cool I love that those are some great ideas I guess for how we can kind of integrate that more into our walks with God yeah what is there a specific truth or scripture or something that you kind of cling to um and you think could be helpful for others or a resource where that you would recommend people go to to kind of find like different statements that they can say to them like practice thinking or um, scriptures or whatever besides the Bible obviously <laughs> it's a good resource okay when you said that the first thing that I thought of was the scripture in Exodus I forget like what the exact verse is but it's like the Lord will fight for you all you need to do is be still and mm-hmm. like I hold to that every day because it's like a lot of our you know crazy thoughts come from this sort of feeling inside of us that we need to protect ourselves like that's where old thoughts come from like they protected us once and so just Mm. this idea of like you know the lord is the one that's protecting you and guiding you and taking care of you you are taking care of you don't need to be afraid like that's something that i hold on to every day Mm. that's really cool and one verse that i think gets tossed around a lot when we talk about thought life related to our faith is the idea of like taking thoughts captive right yeah and so not that that's bad that's a good verse so (laughs) how do you what do you think about like taking thoughts captive what how do we actually do that and then once we take them captive like what do we do with them and what does it even mean to like take (laughs) thoughts captive yeah um, I definitely, I think when I hear take, cap- take captive of every thought, like I kind of think of like, honest, like a kind of detachment, like a kind of stepping back and just observing your thoughts, mm. because your thoughts aren't really you, like they're the you that you were, so it's like just kind of stepping mm. back and like analyzing them and being like, just noticing your thoughts and like choosing them after that. Because mm-hmm. you don't have to allow every thought. You don't have to entertain every thought because they're not you. 
Dang. Yeah, I guess that's true. I think, too, we hear so much about our internal critic, right? So I guess, is that what you kind of mean when you say, like, our thoughts aren't us? Um, yeah, definitely that. And also because most of our thoughts, I forget the statistic, like 70% or something, are just repeated thoughts. Hmm. So it's like it's kind of almost like, it's almost like a broken record player playing in the background of your mind. Hmm. Dang, yeah. That's so interesting. How do you think for someone, or, okay, I guess what single thought for you in this journey, um, what was something that, if you don't mind sharing, something that, a truth that you've started to um, kind of, because I guess the idea too is, at times it can feel like there's this so like what you said about nobody likes me that lie that or that thought and that lie that we keep having yeah sometimes that journey I guess looks like telling ourselves no that's not true people do like me even if you genuinely don't believe it right and so speaking truth even when it doesn't feel like your reality or even when it doesn't feel true to you yeah and so Do you think as we do that over time, have you seen for yourself that eventually it becomes I'm forcing myself to like speak this truth to now I actually believe and have internalized this truth? Yeah, for sure. Because, well, beliefs are essentially just a thought that you thought enough times that you believe it. Like you kind of, you think a thought and then your mind looks for evidence and then that evidence confirms that thought and then that confirmation leads to belief so it's like if you want to think a new thought you can kind of like think a new thought then look for evidence then write down that evidence and keep coming back to that evidence and eventually you believe it so it doesn't feel natural at first Mm. but eventually with repetition it will Mm. yeah how do you think we even for someone who feels like their thought life is just kind of like, you know, (laughs) (laughs) not good. (laughs) Oh gosh, yeah. Um, It's just trash. (laughs) How do you you even begin to identify what thoughts need to change? Because I think sometimes when our thoughts are so like, just all over the place, not in a good place, all over the place, but not in a good place, Um, sometimes it can be even hard to identify what even needs to change just because we've so internalized it as our reality and it's so subconscious. So, yeah, how do you even go about for someone who's like, okay, my thought life has been trash and for years now and I want it to get better. How do I even start? And I think the first place is probably identifying what lies need to be replaced with truth and spoken into um or maybe in a different place if you have a thought on that but how do you go about identifying those things and what thoughts need to change oh yeah yeah like I guess if you're like not aware of the thoughts that you're thinking you can pay attention to the actions that you're taking because Mm. your thoughts lead to your actions so if you're doing things that you don't agree with just kind of be like hmm what would someone who is doing this be thinking Mm. and just kind of back 
track like that. That is so good. I also heard once the idea of um, for a day, write down all of the thoughts you have. Oh, Lord. And then at the end of the day, look back on it and read them to yourself and kind of see does this match the way I'm living because I think sometimes we can put out an outside like an outward appearance of something that's good and just looks good to other people but then internally our mind is just in this awful place yeah and maybe we're acting super like confidently out but then internally we're self-deprecating ourselves all day long and so sometimes those things can be in conflict so I think too that is an interesting thought of um are the things I'm thinking things that I would tell like another human (laughs) like a lot of times no um yeah going back to the idea of social anxiety and thought life um I guess just like friend to friend talking right now and other people get to listen in. Um, Like I mentioned, this year was hard for me in that way. And it's something I'm still trying to work through and fully process. Um, Because I think with COVID and being more isolated and just a lot of other things that went on in my life in the past year, it left me in this very hmm, isolated place, like I said, but also where... I was feeling the least confident that I felt in a long time in the past year and that was just really hard and it's something this summer I've worked to with the Lord to heal and kind of restore that um, like my image of myself and how I relate to others because something I saw was just the lack of desire to be with people which was really hard and so I guess what are your thoughts on rebuilding a thought life that has been kind of broken or and to how do you um I guess speaking more maybe this relates to thought life maybe not um, (laughs) but with community how do you build that when there's not the desire there to be with people I guess and how do you kind of rebuild that if that makes sense I kind of wonder if maybe the way that you're being with people is something that doesn't resonate with you if maybe you're trying to do something that doesn't resonate with you Mm. and that maybe nothing's wrong with wanting to take some time to step away and just be with God and then coming back when you feel like you want to be with people like maybe that feeling is something that you should listen to or if maybe you just want to hang out with people like one-on-one or like you want to hang out with people in nature or just FaceTime somebody or just anything that feels good right now. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I guess one thing too, how do you, I guess with thought life too, there's this tension between wanting to compassionately pay attention to our thoughts and to ourselves and how we're feeling without judging ourselves whenever we're not feeling how we think we should be feeling in a situation how do we reconcile that with also not 
wallowing around in our thoughts and just allowing ourselves to get stuck in negative feelings or emotions I guess yeah well sometimes I talk to I talk to my thoughts like I talk to my thoughts like I would talk to someone who is telling me those thoughts like if someone came up to me and was like people don't like me then like the compassionate thing would be to tell them like no like you're wonderful you're okay you're beautiful like just kind of because like sometimes you know our thoughts were something that we had when we were young and we were in pain and so like I'm talking to that version of myself that was thinking them that was in pain and didn't feel loved you know and so just having mm-hmm. compassion for the person that I used to be and that didn't know the truth that I know now you know mm. Erin looked at me like, what are you about to say? (laughs) That's so funny. No, that's so good. Yeah, and I guess kind of realizing when we're having negative thoughts, like you said, having the compassion to know, like, I'm thinking this because it represented something for me in the past that I was feeling but that doesn't mean it's my reality now. So I am safe enough to think new, like to think something different. Yeah. Hmm. <laughs> That's really cool. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I love that. And so I guess um, what, I guess kind of just in your Aaron way that you do, um, <laughs> I guess Are there any words of encouragement you have for people who feel like, or I guess if you could talk to your former self, maybe that's a better question. (laughs) Um, Former Erin, who was like younger and struggled with social anxiety and felt like she was in a spiral with her thoughts um, and all those things. What would you say to her now? Ooh. <laughs> well, I guess a good word of encouragement would be, I mean, just know that you deserve to live in an inner world that is full of peace and happiness and just like take the time and space to build that world and don't give up on it because you deserve it. Oh my gosh. That is so good. <laughs> okay, now I have questions about that. I'm sorry. <laughs> question and now it's not I might also reorder some of these questions because I'm realizing some of them go better with others so hopefully over time I get better at this I'm so sorry you're my guinea pig so Aaron's getting the short end of the stick but um okay so like you said I think so much of do you think I guess our hmm, starting over do you think our thought life is what ultimately affects our peace. Yes, oh my gosh. Okay, I don't know where I saw this quote, but it said that our unhappiness is the internal dialogue, not the contents of it. So it's Mm. like that inner conversation that we're having in our mind, that's what we're emotionally reacting to not the actual like moment itself but the story that we're telling about it so it's like you can kind of be blocking yourself from peace in a way Hmm. (laughs) (laughs) no that is so 
true. Because I think I love that because, well, I mean, don't love that, perhaps, but <laughs> love that in another sense. How, because it's also really empowering, I guess, hearing that. Like, because I guess the idea of if we're the ones who are taking peace from ourselves, then we also have the power to bring peace back. And that's not to say we're the givers of peace like Christ is, for sure. But he's freely offered it. And so the only reason if we as Christians aren't experiencing his peace, it's because we are keeping ourselves from it. Like, he's not holding it back from us. Yeah. And so I think that is kind of empowering to know I don't have to, like, work to get this peace. Like, it's already been given to me. But I think that also can be, like, in one hand, it's empowering, another discouraging, because it feels like, wait, what the heck? I want peace, so <laughs> why don't I have it? Yeah. Um. So I don't know. I guess what would you say to someone who feels like, I want peace, so why don't I have it? Like, I'm not trying to block myself from getting it, if that makes sense. Actually, I think the phrase, I want peace, can kind of also be a block and just sitting in the thought, I have peace, Mm. like within me right now. I always have access to peace in any moment, no matter what's going on around me, can kind of be a more powerful thought and allowing that peace to flow into you. Mm. Yeah, and I think that also... Oh, that was just so good. <laughs> you need to be a speaker, write a book or something, <laughs> honestly. Um, but I think I love that, how with the fruits of the spirit even, like love, joy, peace, patience, all those things, all those things that we want, right? And we say we want. I guess changing the script in our minds and our thoughts would be so powerful, I'm realizing, even for myself, um of I want peace, I want joy, I want to feel like I love people more, and just kind of replacing that with, no, like, the like I already have the spirit of God in me, so I already have these things, and focusing more, too, on, because it strikes me, too, how these are fruits of the spirit, and so there's something that comes naturally as we abide in Christ and are filled with the Spirit. So it's not something that we have to produce for ourselves, you know, and work for. Um, So it's instead of, I want to feel joy, it's, I have joy. Um, I want peace. I have peace. That's so good. (laughs) That's really powerful, Erin. That's so good. I love that. Hmm. Okay, what do you think, as your thought life has progressed, um, how do you think, like you said, it takes time for this to develop. How do you think, with where you are right now in your thought life, because obviously you've grown a lot in this over the past couple years by working on it intentionally, how do you, have you worked on intentionally, but also what do you think right now are you seeing is the next kind of step towards growth because some people may feel like their thought lives are already pretty developed I suppose and I would say for you you're someone who 
seems, at least, I'm sure it's not always perfect, but seems to live in a lot of joy and peace and has gone, as you've said, like more in control of your thoughts and are able to live um, more present in moments. And so how do you think right now is kind of the area you're looking to grow in your thought life? And how have you intentionally gone to that point? Like, what intentional steps when you said it took intentionality? Okay. Well, I've found a lot of benefits from, like, meditating before every segment of my life. So, like, when I first wake up, I, like, set intentions for, like, how I want to, you know, think and be, like, at work. And then when I'm going to go see someone, like, I meditate and, like, set intentions for that. Um, Mm. But, like, so my next step probably be keeping like that like same focus and intentionality like when I'm interacting with people because sometimes I kind of feed off of them Mm. and then I kind of lose sight of like myself and like what I came here to be and to do Mm. yeah that's so good I wanted to ask you about that how do you when you've kind of determined I want a positive thought life, but maybe you live in an environment with people who make that difficult. (laughs) Yeah. And whether you're a student and living with roommates who are just all over the place or your family, um, especially when too, we said like so much of your thought life that's negative is just your past self and things from maybe your childhood that you've just kind of developed, um, as like a coping mechanism almost in your thoughts and so I think sometimes with family or people who've known us for a long time that can be even the hardest even when they're awesome people just because it can kind of make us feel trapped in our former self almost when we're with people who have known us for so long so how do you combat that and not allow other people to dictate your thoughts for you yeah, ooh, that's so good. I <laughs> that's honestly something that I'm still working with, um, well, working at because it's like you know, growing up in church and stuff. It's like sometimes you do, like the people that you see all the time, people that you're around all the time, even people that you live with can kind of like, well, they're still talking to you like the old person, and it's kind of like mm-hmm. hard to like stay grounded, but you have to stay grounded like even if you have like something around you to remind you to just like stay anchored in who you are now and just be an observer of them like set a mental boundary like what they're saying is not affecting me like putting a mental boundary between them and just like you can listen to them and not accept what they're saying Hmm. you know yeah that's really good okay I guess also just relating this back to the idea of Christ dying so we can have an abundant life. Yeah. What do you think, ultimately, when you think Christ died to give us an abundant life, what do you think that means for our thought life? Like, what do you think, when you think of, like, the thought life of Jesus or something, (laughs) or the thought life that we're all working towards or should be wanting, what even is that? Because I think sometimes it's hard to feel like, to know even what, like, what's the goal with our thought life, um, or what's possible with our thought life, when we've 
lived in such passive acceptance of our thoughts for so long. Yeah. So, I guess, like, paint a picture for us <laughs> of what do you think is possible? Like, what does it mean to live an abundant thought life? Ooh. Well, I definitely think that that looks different for everybody. Like, I don't think I even know that for myself, but I do know that Christ is, like, a really good prime example because, like, Jesus was always saying things like, you know, if you believe, then, like, anything is possible and, like, things like that. And so he was able to, like, perform miracles and, like, you know, the followers of Jesus were, like, watching him and they're like, what, this isn't, like, how are you doing this? But then eventually his followers became capable of, like, doing things and, like, performing miracles and, like, healing people and things like that. And so it's, like, starting to believe that anything is possible kind of opens the doors for things to be possible. Mm. Yeah, that's so good. Well, Erin, thank you so much for (laughs) joining me today. It was so good. And I knew when I asked you that you're going to drop some wisdom (laughs) and you delivered. (laughs) Um, And it was just so fun getting to talk with you. So thank you so much for joining. It was great having you. Thanks for having me. (laughs) Absolutely.